Is that all right? It's a bit, it's just a, that's better. Thank you. Good. Uh, good morning, friends. It's lovely to see you all. Uh, very warm welcome if you're here in the space. Uh, welcome if you're accessing this through a screen. Uh, we're delighted to have you with us. Uh, all of the stuff in, in terms of notices has been going through on a screen, and uh, if you've got a paper copy of the new sheet, you'll know all about that. Uh, I don't think there's anything... No, we've done all the AGM stuff. I don't need to say anything else, do I? Good, excellent. Uh, thank you to those that offered uh, to serve in different ways. Uh, you'll be pleased to know that all those folk that offered were elected, uh, and they are now active in their offices. So delighted with that. So let's hear from God's word. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice is for your benefit, not for mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. So if you're able, please stand as we sing together, Above All Powers. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified! Lay behind the throne, you live to die, rejected and alone, like a rose, trampled on the ground, you took the fall, and thought of me, above all. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, Above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucify! took the fall and thought of me above all. Do be seated. 
Let us pray. Father God, we ever live to thank and praise you for what you've done for us in your Son, Jesus Christ. He comes for that one purpose. He comes to show us what you are like and to take away our sin. To make it possible for a way to be opened up once again for us to enjoy life with you. Which is what should be. It was your original intent for all that you had made. That it should live in harmony with your purpose and will. And that particularly we human beings should know a close communion with you and with one another. We know that we've messed this up. We know that we mess it up all the time and we're really sorry. We pray, Father, that we might come openly and freely confessing our sin. Not trying to hide it, not pretending that it hasn't happened not looking for ways to put it right ourselves, but just putting ourselves into your hands. We know that your desire is that the relationship should be mended. So we come to say sorry for what we've done, said or thought, which has been wrong and contrary to your purpose and your will. We pray that you will help us, Father God. As we've openly laid these things before you, we pray that you will receive us once again. Like a loving parent, looking at toddlers who have fallen over and grazed a knee, crying and fussing. And you pick us up and hold us Dust us down and tell us, it's all right. I have dealt with this. Help us not to fall over in these ways again. Draw near, we pray, and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's hear from God's word. from Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. 
After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Thank you, Heather. So we'll sing together once again. If you're able, please stand. Uh, and at the end of this hymn, I'll receive the offering. Man of Sorrows. <clears throat> pray. Father God, once again we come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now if you're involved with Virginia Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Amen. <laughs> So we come to our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. As always, Father God, the tone is one of thankfulness that we can come in this way because without this, we don't know what we would do. The burdens of the world weigh heavily upon us sometimes. And we can't do anything practically, necessarily, to change anything. Yet, talking to you about it is helpful to us. Because sometimes as we speak out our frustration, sometimes as we ask our questions, express our anger or disappointment... You have a way of just speaking to us in all of that. You have a way of calming troubled minds and breasts. You have a way of saying to us, well, you can't change the big thing, but you know there is a small thing that you could do, so why not do that? And we're grateful for those times when you do that, for us and with us. 
Ukraine is ever before us. We, we watch in wonder, really, at the way in which the Ukrainian armed forces and citizenry have withstood attack from Russia, a really big military power with a lot of kit and a lot of soldiers. And yet their invasion seems to be stalling. Now we don't know what that will mean for the future. We don't know whether they would just all go home again and give it up. We don't think so, but we don't know. That would be our prayer, Lord, that they just don't want to play anymore and they go home. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. We know that the people in Russia really don't know what is going on. They don't know what their government is doing in their name. And if they did know, they probably would do something about it. So somehow or other, we pray that what is really going on would get out into wider Russian consciousness and that the people will say what they really think. And perhaps that will cause the leaders to change. We put this in your hands, Father, as indeed we have to, because it's one of those big things that we can't do anything about. Afghanistan is still in great need of help and assistance. There are many, many people, particularly women and children, who are going without food. There is famine in that land. There's a great deal of difficulty just in getting people fed, never mind in seeing the country operating properly. We know that promises were made by the Taliban when they took over, and we know now that they're not keeping those promises. Girls and young women wanting to go to school and college and university and not being able to, being turned away on some technicality. And because of this aid that was promised is not forthcoming. Help us to be wise in the way that we deal with these people. We're aware, too, that there are difficulties uh, in China, China are looking at Hong Kong and they continue to try to stamp out any argument against the way that China are running uh, that part of their country. They have a long, long tradition because of our involvement uh, of democracy in that part of their, their world and China is doing all that it can to change that. We pray for all those who have been imprisoned because they have dared to speak out and call for a more open way of being governed. We pray for everyone in our own uh, government, uh, particularly the Foreign Office, as they have sought to support and encourage those folk in Hong Kong to live in ways that chime in with the values that we hold. We give you thanks for the High Court judges who have resigned from the judiciary over there in protest. We pray that everyone around the world will wake up and start to ask significant questions about why that might be. Thank you that the judges have been very clear in their reasons and have said so openly and publicly. They cannot serve in a place where human rights are being abused so terribly.
You think about our own country. COVID is still prevalent, although we don't hear about it quite so much. And the current strain is, is not as virulent. It's not a, it doesn't have such a profound effect. But it does seem to hang around for such a long time. And although it's not killing people right now, it is very debilitating sometimes for those that catch it. Will you help us to be mindful, Lord, and thoughtful about those that we mix with? Help us not just to think about the freedoms that we want to enjoy, but to think about how we might help those who are vulnerable, those who are fearful. We continue to be thankful for all those that work in our National Health Service, all of the medics, the doctors, the nurses, uh, all of those that, that do everything from look after patients through to cleaning uh, equipment, buildings, wards. It is all necessary. Thank you, too, uh, for the chaplaincy that operates at Milton Keynes Hospital. Pray for the two Baptist ministers. I give you thanks for them, for Sarah and for her colleague. Uh, We pray, Father, that you will bless them. We pray that they might know uh, that they are held in very high esteem by the folk they work with and among and also by us. We are so thankful for them, for their witness in that place, and for all that they're doing. We give you thanks for MK Mission Partnership and for all that it achieved during the time that it existed. We're aware, Lord, that that is coming to an end now, and that a new thing will arise to take its place in the not-too-distant future. We give you thanks for John Robertson and for Anne for the way in which they administered and looked after that and particularly for John as he looked across MK and looked at ways in which churches could link and help and encourage one another and make a difference to the communities amongst which they were found. We appreciate his work as mission enabler across this town. We pray for what will come, possibly churches together, something of that nature. We pray that its remit will be wide, that it will include uh, a larger number of churches, uh, that there'll be that same encouragement to look outside of our own walls, to see what might be done in partnership with others, to see the kingdom of God established and flourish and grow. We give you thanks for one another in this place and for our sisters and brothers at St. Frideswides. We're so glad that they are here and that they are flourishing right now. We pray for Catherine uh, and for Io and Steve and Jill and for all those that uh, have a, a remit that encourages them to look strategically at what's going on. Give them a clarity of vision, Father. Help them to see clearly uh, the steps that need to be taken to see the church grow and your kingdom come. And indeed, for ourselves, for the deacons, for those newly elected, for those uh, who have been around for a wee while, it's the same prayer for them as they look to the future, give them clarity or vision, give them a clear-sightedness about what should happen once we have stepped down, I've stepped away, who should come next, what should it look like, where should we be putting our energies to see the church grow and to see your kingdom established in this place. Thank you for our Lent groups, for the opportunities to listen to one another, talk to one another, 
learn a little more about you and about what it means to pray the Lord's Prayer, to see the way in which that consideration and that thoughtfulness is changing the way that we pray. It's growing and developing that relationship with you. It's an absolute delight, Lord, to be involved in all of that. Thank you for all the good things that you are giving to us day by day. We count one another in that gift. Let's gather up all of our prayers together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. So we'll sing together once again, friends. See his love. If you're able, please stand. heard it all before. Incredible offers, unbelievable prices. You won't believe your eyes. Uh, This never, ever uh, repeated offer is coming your way.
uh, all in the DFS sale. We hear it all the time, don't we? We hear it repeatedly, and it just becomes like background noise, and we can't believe any of it ever again. Because you know very well, as soon as the DFS sale is finished, the very next day, a new sale will begin. (laughs) Because that's the world we live in now. But the prophet, you know, when he was writing, it was all very different. Who has believed our message, says the prophet. And the message is the message of salvation. And and it is such an odd message uh, in this 53rd chapter of Isaiah's prophecy because this is not what you expect This is not what you expect from Messiah if you are an old-school Jewish believer. When you think about Messiah, you are thinking about a deliverer. You are thinking about someone who is going to come and restore you. At the time this is being written, this is being written to a people in exile. They've been in exile for two generations. So you would be... If you were in your early 20s, you'd be saying, well, the last time we were in Jerusalem, that was grandfather's time. Could it be? Is it possible? The message that is being proclaimed is a message of salvation. It is a message of restoration. These people who have lived in exile for so long are going to be returned to to their own land. This is what is being declared to them. This is the message that is being proclaimed. Who could believe that after all those years? Jerusalem was a dim memory for most. For two generations they have lived in captivity. What could ever change for them? Do we think like that sometimes? Is our vision of God too small? Well, it will only ever be like this. It can't ever be any better. Don't get stuck in that way of thinking. Let your vision of God grow and expand. Read the Bible, believe what you read, look at it properly. Discover again just what it is that Jesus has done for you. Just what it is that Jesus is doing for us all right now. This message of salvation is not just for those people long ago. It's for us now. Christians believe that this message refers to Jesus who will be the liberator of all humanity. We believe that the servant referred to in Isaiah in this chapter and in others, but particularly this chapter, refers to Jesus. It is an incredible and unbelievable story that God should send his son to be born as we are, to experience life as we do. You don't have to explain to Jesus what is going on in your life when you come to pray to him. Those days when you've run out of rope and you, you know there's nowhere else to go, there's just Jesus. You don't have to come to Jesus and say, look, my life is rubbish right now, but of course you won't know that because you're God. You won't know about the grief that I'm suffering because you're far removed from all of that. You won't know about how tired I am right now because of the burden of carrying the work that I have to do because you're God and you're distant from all of that. Nothing could be further from the truth. Read the Gospels. Read them properly. Understand what is written there. See this Jesus in all of his humanity as well as his divinity. Jesus sitting by a well and saying to a woman, Give me a drink of water. Jesus in the garden, faced with what is to come shortly, saying, Father God, if there's another way, please, but not what I want. 
See this Jesus as he really is and take strength from it, friends. Take strength from it. Born as we are, experiencing life as we do, dying like a common criminal and then raised to life again three days later. That's incredible in itself. But when you realise that this death was for our sin, he had done nothing to deserve death. This story is even more remarkable. Now all humanity everywhere can have their sins forgiven if they will call on the name of Jesus. And that is it. That's all you need to do. If you believe that Jesus died for your sin and accept him for yourself as your own Lord and Saviour, then your sin is dealt with. And he has the right to do that because he has paid the price. That's blasphemy to Jews and it's foolishness to Greeks, but it is the truth and it is our freedom and liberty. Our sin is what causes the disfigurement for Jesus. It's what causes the disfigurement for the servant in Isaiah 53. Our sin is abhorrent to God. He can't bear to look at it. He hates the sight of it. It disfigures what he has made and it distorts it, sometimes beyond recognition. But God is still in there somewhere. And at its, rebu- at its root is rebellion against God. This is what happened to Satan, the accuser, created as one of the most beautiful of the angels, but deciding that he wants more than is his due. He wants the worship of heaven. And of course, that worship rightly belongs to God and God alone. And so Satan is thrown out. And ever since then, he's been trying to get people to worship him. And he manages it, doesn't he, very often, through subtlety, which is his long suit. When we're not worshipping God, we aren't worshipping nothing. We worship something else. That's idolatry. And idolatry is sin. And sin goes very deep with human beings. There's a temptation to power and independence from God. Now, there's nothing wrong with being an independent human being. There's nothing wrong with being able to make your own mind up and plot your own course. But we are not to be independent from God. We were created and made for relationship with him. And he doesn't want us to be separated from him. Sin goes deep with human beings and it needs a cure. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a shoot out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one whom men hide their faces from. He was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities, carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is why this time of year is so important and so significant to Christians. This is why Holy Week is such a big week for me in my walk with God. I spend time thinking, praying, reflecting upon just what it was that Jesus did to bring about salvation for me and for you. His sacrifice is so significant. 
Verses 7 and 8. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. Those verses are the verses that the Ethiopian eunuch are reading in his carriage when Philip turns up alongside him. Who's the prophet speaking about? says the eunuch, and Philip goes on to explain about Jesus. And the Ethiopian eunuch, treasurer of the queen's uh, treasury, is baptized there and then. See the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, says the Apostle John. You hear it in his gospel, you hear it in the book of Revelation. Jesus was oppressed in the final days of his life. Arrested on a trumped-up charge, tried before an illegal court, humiliated and killed in a most barbaric fashion. At his trial, he doesn't say a word. He is silent before the chief priests, silent before the Roman governor. Like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, Jesus says nothing. Well, actually, he does say one thing, doesn't he? Are you the Messiah? So you say. He has no children in the earthly sense. He's never married. He has no offspring. This was thought to be a great tragedy. It's why the eunuch found this so significant and so interesting. And we've done enough work in the book of Genesis for you to know that the Old Testament patriarchs whose wives were barren cried out to God day after day for children because it was a mark of God's blessing. And we know that God intervened. Jesus may not have had children in the earthly sense, but he made it possible for millions upon millions to become children of his Father by his sacrifice. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, that's Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is very strong language. You don't hear the language of right in the Gospels, but here you see it. His grave was with the wicked and the rich. Jesus was executed as a common criminal for treason. It's the only thing you can still technically be hanged for in this country. And his tomb was given by Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man. It seems we're on safe ground to equate the servant in Isaiah's prophecy, certainly in this passage, with Jesus. So why should this happen? It was the Lord's will. We read that in verse 10. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and through him, and sorry, and though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. This is God's scheme. This is God's plan for the liberation of all humanity. This is the way that you and I find ourselves standing in the presence of the living God. This is the way that we can call Jesus brother. This is the way that we can call God father through Jesus laying down his life, through Jesus giving himself freely and purposefully, obedient to the Father's will. Jesus was the guilt offering in our place. And as we've already said, his spiritual offspring, as a result of this, number in their millions. And the grave does not hold him. He lives forever, as indeed will all those who have accepted his forgiveness. This is God's remarkable scheme. The unbelievable message of salvation whereby our sin is taken away by his sacrifice. And he does it because he loves us.
You are worth it. Don't let anybody tell you any different. It's the only advert I want you to believe. L'Oreal. Because we're worth it. You are. Don't let anybody tell you you aren't worth it. Jesus dies for you and for me because he loves us. He loves us to bits. Now it's for you to say whether or not you will step through the door into that salvation that he offers. You're free to choose in whichever way you would like. But the offer is there and you are worth it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all that you teach us through your word. Thank you for that little piece we've read in Isaiah's prophecy. Thank you for sending your son so that we can be free. There is so much to be thankful and excited about. New life beckons. And I pray, Father, for all of my friends here uh, in this place and for those who are watching uh, via Zoom. Maybe for the first time, one or two are starting to think, maybe this is true. Maybe this is for me. Yes, it is. And for those of us who have known this for a long time, maybe it's been a little bit stale of late. Waken us up again. Freshen this in our thinking. Just ignite that possibility again in us. New life. Life everlasting. Saved from. Saved for. God, draw near to us. Lift us up. Lead us on, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our closing song uh, just picks up uh, all of those threads uh, that we read in Isaiah 53 and I've been speaking about in the sermon. He was pierced for our transgressions. If you're able, please stand. was pierced for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and to bring us peace he was punished and by his stripes we are healed was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Although he was innocent of crime and cut off from the land of the living, he paid for the guilt that was mine. We like sheep have gone astray, turned each one to his own way, and the Lord the iniquity of us all. Have gone astray, turned each one his own way, and the Lord on him the iniquity of us Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you.
May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down Did as such love and sorrow meet All thoughts compose so rich a crown Were the whole realm of nature mine That were an offering far too small Love so amazing, so divine Demands my soul, my life, my all Were the whole realm of nature mine That were an offering far too small Love so amazing, so divine Demands my soul, my life, my all